What's up, guys? I'm here with my man, Diego Sanchez. Diego, welcome to Perform. Hey, pleasure to be here. Got some um, Carterbolic, Nutribolics right here in my hand, and um, happy to be here in Vegas. Happy to be here shooting the shit with you. We've got a beautiful, beautiful sunset out that window, and, um, you know, just talking Nutribolics, man. Talking yeah. the 20 years that you and Ronnie have been in this game and developing this brand, and... Um, all the challenges that came with it, just like my 20-year UFC career. I know. So, you know, in 20 years, obviously, you've had a lot of things happen to you, good, bad, sad. Is there something that stands out for you that, you know, you would have, if you could change something from the past in 20 years, would you change anything? Hmm. <sighs> that is a great question, Jason. As far as uh, being a human being and making mistakes... I, I learned from my mistakes and I wouldn't change much, but I, uh, I definitely would have talked to little young Diego and been like, hey bro, you know, like, it's cool to celebrate victory, but drinking ain't, ain't cool if you want to be a UFC champion, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because mm -hmm. just, um, I, I never was hardcore on the alcohol and, and I was in and out of camps, but when I wasn't in training camps, you know, there was, you know, a, a two weeks, three weeks where I'd be drinking too much. And and uh, just looking back, I just, I like to give that message to the youth, man. Like, like to the youth out there, you know, like all these kids and, and teens and young men that want to be champions, champion fighters, champion boxers, champion whatever you want to be. Um, I, I just got to say the truth, man, like... You, you 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 be careful with that alcohol man because it will it will sneak up on you and it could rob you from your success yeah you know i i recently watched something where mike tyson obviously talked about you know not wanting to touch alcohol and you know he's obviously made a huge change in his entire lifestyle Wow. You know, have you have you followed what Mike's how he's changed and Oh everything? man, dude, I, I yeah, no, I've I've been following Mike um ever since um, you know, since his comeback fight with Roy Jones and even before that, I you know, yeah, I I love Mike. He's been I'm I'm look, I'm wearing I'm actually wearing the actual Mike Tyson shorts. These are the ones oh, that shit. he went into the ring with. He he didn't have no sponsors on his shit. He got a, a Go America and a USA, and that's it. And uh, yeah, no, he's he's all, obviously he's one of my favorite fighters of all time, and it's inspiring to see everything that he's doing now, you know, and watching him um, just show the the sensitive side to the world, you know, with his with his his podcast and um, also his spirituality. And uh, some of the rabbit holes he's gone down to, to find his purpose and, and just his own personal ideal of who is Mike Tyson, mm. you know, and, and and that's a journey that we're all on, and and I believe that even Mike is still, still asking that question and still figuring out that question for himself, as as I, I am for myself, who is Diego Sanchez? Well, I'm someone that has a lot of love inside me. And I'm someone that believes whatever you put out into the universe, you're going to get back. So for me, um, I'm all about, you know, saying thank you. So thank you for letting me be here with you guys and, uh, and just giving that love back, just loving as many people as I can, helping in as many people as I can. And that's, that's you know, that's why I got I to gotta get into the gym industry too, because um, that's hands-on and, and, and it's, you're helping people, man. You're helping people live healthy, helping people be healthy, exercise and breathe. And, and like I said about all the healing talk that I'm talking about, man, you, 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 your stiff back ain't going to heal itself, man. You got to get down on the ground. You got you to gotta stretch. You got to bust a foam roller out. You got you to gotta learn how to breathe. You got to do the work. Mm. And, and I'm a big believer in God. And, and, and I, I like to have faith in miracles. But miracles don't just come out of thin air. You got to put the work in. You got to be. You got to be doing that extra three hours of therapy. You got to be having those meditations and affirmations going on, working on your mind too. 
You got to be putting in the spiritual work. You got to be putting in the food work, the drink work, all of it. You got to put it all together, and that's when the real magic happens. In all of the fights that you've been in, you know, you've been in a lot of fights, obviously. Who would you say was the hardest? Was the was was there maybe someone where you had a moment where you were like, "Fuck!" Like you un maybe underestimated them. Maybe maybe they caught you. Give us some insight on that. You know, without a doubt, it all goes back to my dream becoming the UFC champion and um, getting that fight with BJ Penn and um, it was hard with BJ because me and BJ we were friends for three four years before we fought we were we were close and um, and once I went down to 155 he kind of knew like you know he's like and now you're at 55 okay we can't be best buds like you know like and when I went in there to fight BJ, I fought BJ at his best, man. Even Anderson Silva, they're, they're calling him the GOAT, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not the GOAT. BJ's the GOAT. Like, that guy's the two-division champion. That's the guy who is jujitsu world champion. That could strike and knock out anybody. That guy's the champ. And I, I faced him at his best, and he knew that if he slacked one little bit on the the strength and conditioning the training the conditioning that i was going to get him in the deeper water and he was going to suck gas because bj's motivation was never you know he's the phenom you know and and he didn't want to do the extra work he didn't want to do the extra stuff but with me he did because he knew he knew if he if he took me any bit lightly i was going to take that belt from him and um, it wasn't my destiny to win that fight, but uh, it was still legendary. I put on a great show of heart. And um, me and BJ to this day, we're brothers. When I go out to Hawaii, he takes me to the Valley of the Kings and, and we go to all the beaches and we do all the stuff together. And, and um, so, but fighting BJ, man, getting hit with that first punch that I didn't see and then he followed up with a good 25 more punches while I was on the ground. And I swear to God, I watch that fight still to this day. And I'm like, dude, like, how'd you survive that? I'm like, how you, dude, like, damn, dude, you are tough. Like, I'll watch that fight. I'm like, damn, dude, Diego, you are tough. I'll tell myself because like, like how did I survive that? While it was mostly the conditioning and uh, had to be a little bit of um, some prayers too because that was one of the fights that I got my ass kicked so bad. My first real true humbling of my life outside of that fight when I was nine years old. This was the second humbling. And when I got that second humbling, I took the most head damage of my whole career and I didn't even have a concussion for that fight. So that, it's just like, that was the worst ass kicking. I didn't even have a concussion. I didn't have memory loss, nothing like that. I felt fine after the fight, after they stitched me back together, put me back together, and um, just just heartbreak, you know, just heartbreak to, to reach that position at the top of the mountain where you have a chance of making your dream come true and just falling that short. Ooh, it was salt in the wound for me, but um, I didn't give up. A lot of men would have given up on themselves. I didn't give up on myself, and um, I kept pressing forward. I kept kept working hard, kept dreaming of um, becoming the UFC champion. And um, you know, I haven't really um, let my dream of becoming a champion go. Maybe I'm not in UFC right now, but I still hold the dream of of holding a belt around my waist before I before I. Before I exit this this combat sports game, I I just want to put that belt on my shoulder, and um, man, I, I got my eyes on that Eagle FC 165 pound belt right now. I can still see that bare knuckle fighting championship belt. They got a 165 pound division too, and um, we'll see, man. There's there's and the reason I wanted to do the big fight with Dan Hardy on the boxing, is because I knew with my name value my face value and the history that I put into combat sports that with that chip that I have that I would be able to 
actually um, promote and sell myself to some other ideas like Triller, like a Jake Paul fight, like like a Nate Diaz, whatever fight. Like there's just other fights out there that are big names, that are big fights that um, aren't in the UFC. And um, I knew that going out there and knocking Dan Hardy out in Manchester, England, stealing the show from Ricky Hatton and Marco Antonio Barrero, I knew that that would have cemented a, a big fight for me, whether it be um, who cares? I don't really, I, don't, I really don't even care. The one that, the one fight that would be the biggest fight for me in my life would be Oscar De La Hoya because he had all the talk about coming back to fight GSP. Mm. That Dana White held GSP out of that fight, contracted him out. But if he's talking like he's gonna make a comeback, he's gonna have to fight someone that he realistically thinks he can beat. And I, I feel like um, I was that guy that could, could, could step in there, possibly get a Jake Paul fight. And then there's also the guy, you know, there's Connor, and there's, there's, there's Nate, there's Clay Guida. Um, me and Gilbert Melendez were talking on the phone. And Gilbert's like, he's like, I think we have something. I think we can promote a, a rematch with me and you and we can both get paid. I'm like, yeah, me too. He's like, but D, I can never get kicked in my leg again. <laughs> he's like he's like I, I could only do boxing or bare knuckle he's like I, he's like I, I, I can't ever get kicked in that leg again I just love I love this shit so much I love it and that's why I told you for the mental health aspect of it I'm gonna have my own gym like because it's the teaching it's the sharing it's the doing it with love that that is what makes me who I am and so yeah, now to get me some some carbolic, yeah, man. And this thing doesn't even got much caffeine in it, but I get hyper, man, when I start moving, when I start thinking about how important it is to defend yourself when you're doing these combat sports. And um, nowadays, not too many people are really taught to understand the dynamics of defense they're taught only to learn the dynamics of offense because that's what people want to see is offense and offense is what we think wins. But if you can uh, uh, develop your defensive strategies and abilities to be um, pure and perfect, you're going to be like Floyd Mayweather, man, where the guy's not even getting hit his whole career. I, I think I've seen him get hit like three, four times his whole career, like legit hits. And um, that's because he learned and mastered defense. I didn't master defense quite like Floyd Mayweather, for he is a boxer and I'm a mixed martial artist and the defenses to, to my sport and his sport are different. But as far as learning to be ambidextrous at the end of my career, learning how to be able to fight both stances, this has opened up a whole new world for what I can do in the striking elements of the fight because if I cannot be as well-rounded on the ground as I am on the feet, I'm gonna meet my foe and I will be defeated. And so in martial arts, you have to be well-rounded all around, but you must learn defense if you wanna be the best champion. Well, let's see these bare knuckles. I wanna see these bare knuckles. Let's see a little what's what you've been doing up in the camp. So, bare knuckle changes the whole game. You don't got no gloves on your knuckle. You don't got no gloves on your hands. You got bone to bone. It's gonna create lacerations. This is 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 is, is much more danger in breaking your hands and body shots. Man, the ribs will break with when you don't have gloves on. Ribs will break, and um, it is a dangerous sport. But still. What is it? What does it all come back to? The jab. All right. The jab. When throwing the jab, it has to be fast. No baby jabs here. We're throwing real jabs. When I throw my jab, I'm gonna pull this hand back a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this one all the way over. All right. So that I get my full extension. When I throw my jab, boom. I'm 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 not throwing no baby jab. I ain't throwing. No, everything comes off the jab. Once I'm here, boom, it's always fast, it's always hard, and it's through, it's through the path. You gotta be real with this. It's not like MMA, because MMA, 
The jab is a range finder. I'm range finding you. Look, I'm, 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 I'm setting you up so I can hit you with the other one. You know, but in boxing and, and bare knuckle boxing, you have to be in the right position at the right time to throw it. Bah! You know, and, and then when you're coming in for the second combination, you're going to give me some respect. You're going to respect me. And that's the initial first engagement of any kind of combat sports is who's going to earn the respect of the opponent first because if you don't want, if, if you don't respect your opponent and your opponent doesn't respect you it's a matter of time before one person completely is taking control of the fight you know and, and so it all has to have come with confidence so when i start off any type of fight bare knuckle mma karate boxing whatever it is i'm going out there and i'm going to touch you first and I'm going to touch you with intention, I'm going to touch you with speed, I'm going to touch you with power because that is how I'm going to earn your respect. Once I earn your respect, then it's may the better man win. Bare knuckle, hands up. Muay Thai, hands up. Boxing, hands don't got to be so up. We don't got kicks coming at us. We don't got elbows. We don't got snap kicks coming at you. So this is what dynamics is. And for me as a martial artist who's competed in wrestling, grappling, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, and Muay Thai, it's about blending all these different dynamics of striking, ground, and all the elements of combat. And so for me, it's just learning how I can be the most efficient, best combat athlete and take the least amount of damage take the least amount of damage and for the for the most of my career I was a pressure fighter pure pressure fighter I'm gonna put you back I'm, go I'm, I'm gonna take two hits to get in and give you three and at the end of my career it wasn't until I was 37 38 till I started really 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 investing in the research of defense what is the best offense? The best offense is defense. And that's what I learned. If you want to be a fighter that fights into your 40s, like I am 40 years old now, you better learn defense. You better learn how to, what's the number one defensive movement? Just move, move. Footwork, moving, moving correctly. Learning how to step in all the directions, all the directions in an ambidextrous mindset. I could go this way. I could go southpaw this way, I could go orthodox this way, but I'm always looking to be the matador for the bull. Boom! Straight to the heart. Oh, my boy's book! My boy's book! You didn't even sign it for me? What's wrong with me? Oh, no, you signed it. You signed it. Did I sign it? Okay. Okay. But you gotta put it to Diego and then got me. Hell yeah, man. This is what it's all about right here. Motivation, bro. Look, dude. I love that. I love the way you you. It's a whole book. It's a whole guide. It's a whole guide. You can fill it in, what? fill in your goals. Got some quotes in there. Bro, this took me four years. Can I can I have this? Yeah, 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 bro. Congrats on this, bro. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but I wanted to put something out there that was you know motivational, something that could help people. Because you know when we started, we started with nothing, right? It was just. Two kids with a dream, right? And dude, I'm, I dude, I'm swear, bro, dude, this book might be done by tonight, bro. Yeah, it's designed for people out there to just go, go after it. Like, let's go. You know, you got an idea, you got something you want to do, write it down. You know, say it out loud, and these kind of this just gives you the steps that you need to kind of make it happen, make it a reality. Because a lot of people, you know, they're always waiting for the perfect time. There's no perfect time. You know, there's never going to be a perfect time. You just gotta go. Let's go. That's the whole point of the book. Is let's make it happen. You know, you know, and that's kind of uh, how I put it together. And I wanted something you know that wasn't just all text. You know, because there's a lot of books out there where people yeah, just look at it and like, they get bored with it. They get bored with it. So you gotta have a little bit of interaction in the book. I, yeah. I, I I like you know the power of the pen, right? Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. You write it down. You speak it. You know, Show us a show us a quote that stands out for you to the to the camera. Something that you uh, connect with that resonates with you. 
Here we go. Energy flows where intention goes. And the first time that I heard this was where the focus goes, the energy goes. Or where the focus goes, the energy flows. I believe is the first time I heard it from a, a Wim Hof seminar that I did with, with um, the Iceman Wim Hof. And, and he's a good friend of mine too. And, and I was going down my rabbit hole of the exploration of, of how can I biohack my body by putting myself into the cold and doing this crazy shit that this guy is like a 60 year old superhuman breaking world record, 21 world records. I'm like, I want to go learn from that guy. And man, where your focus goes, the energy flows. Or like Jason, like my man Jason said, energy flows where intention goes. Because it's all about the intention of the mind. The intention of the thought. And one of my passions in life is bringing awareness to the power of intention. Just like straight up like my intention must be confident or my my intention is weak it's bullshit it's a it's a, it's a bullshit little fake little lie but if i can biohack my mind and, and make my intention confident and even if i gotta fake it a little bit like muhammad ali where muhammad muhammad ali's like before i was the greatest I was just pretending I was the greatest and, and you know, and like I had to make myself pretend to be the greatest, that I was pretending that I was the greatest. Well, for me, it's, if I'm going to do anything in life, it's the confidence in the intention. Whether it's tying my shoe, I'm going to be confident, I'm going to tie this shoe so clean, so perfect, it ain't never going to come undone. That confidence and that intention all comes to a thought. And so, Guard your intention as you guard your heart. Guard your mind, and your mind is your intention. So when you put your thoughts and your intentions and you, 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 you think and stuff, be aware, man. Be aware. Don't be putting out no negative intentions into the world, even if it's just, oh, man, it's hard, uh, you know. No, shape it up. Shape your shit up and get confident. Even if you got to be like Muhammad Ali and be like, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. All right, let's go work out. You know, if me saying myself, saying to myself, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Or it's Diego Sanchez walking out at, at the O2 Arena in London. Yes, 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 yes. Just that intention, that confidence in my intention to say yes. What are you going to do? <laughs> yes. What am I going to do? I'm going to win. Yes. I'm going to dominate. Yes. I'm going to be a champion. Yes. I am a champion. Yes. And so that's how that, that works for me. Energy flows where intention goes. I got my cardabolic. This ain't even got much caffeine in it. And you see how much this Nutribolics brand, it brings high quality ingredients. This ain't much caffeine right here. This is just pure positive energy. Vibing with my boy Jason Weiner right here, looking in this book that is um, getting me excited, getting me excited about motivating myself about what I have to do in my life and the challenges, the mountains that I got to climb to get to the top. Show them the cover. They want to see the cover. Everyone wants to see the cover. So ask me something that you would like to know about the brand, Diego. Like, what would you like, you know, take a minute to digest it. Is there any stories or anything? that you want to ask me? My question for you, Jason, is how, what, who, and when brought the dynamic of UFC and mixed martial arts to the branding of Nutribolics? You know, that's a great question. I think uh, me and Rodney have always been fans of the sport. And you know, that was an exciting era when yeah. the UFC oh, yeah. was starting. And we saw the opportunity there by, you know, just being fans ourselves, right? Like we were just fans. And I think the one thing that for us is that we've always wanted to sponsor and be part of things that we're interested in ourselves. So we said, you know what, if, if we're interested in it, this is just the beginning. And we got on that bandwagon 
and you were actually one of the first people that we saw when you were fighting uh, you know in the ultimate fighting when you were coaching and yeah. that whole time that was you were a big part of us you know being interested in that space and when we came on board with you and during that era and you know the UFC is just you know exploded since oh, yeah. then man it's, it's been now it's it's worldwide and um, you know you got billions billions of dollars behind this sport but but you guys had the intuition to see that this thing was booming this was going to be something and i don't remember very many uh supplement companies jumping on the mixed martial art wagon there wasn't no. didn't seem like there it was just more about uh bodybuilding and uh a little bit about you know getting lean and and fitness this was even before fitness really exploded yeah we just went all in like you know i remember um us sponsoring so many ufc events whether it was the shorts the shirts bringing the athletes to canada doing the shows like ufc became such an you know big part that whole time with the brand and for us i mean it just made sense because of you know our supplements the way they were designed for athletes and we really found that you know being in the ufc and like doing the type of training that they were doing it was like crazy training you oh, know yeah. like we oh we, it's, it's you know three times a day sometimes four times a day we're doing we're doing strength and conditioning we at this time we were doing everything we, we were doing everything lifting strength power lifting we're doing yoga we're doing jujitsu we're doing muay we're doing kickboxing we're doing boxing and this is before people started doing karate and all the other arts and so man you look at look at a mixed martial artist and what they put their body through um there's not very many other athletes that 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 go through the strain and the pain of mma because you got to realize this isn't just um repetition injury these are real injuries like you're like busting your joint out sometimes you're gonna roll your ankle and it's gonna be bad you're you know and, and if you do it long enough like me i did it for 20 22 years and I'm still doing it, but I've I've injured every 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 joint in my body. I've injured it. Um, I've had to learn. That's why I'm like, I am such a firm believer in in healing mm. and the ability to heal mm. because I've I, I mean I've done it, man. I've I've I've, I've overcame so many types of injuries. I, man, one time I one time I got slammed on my head. Carl Prisian slammed me on my head, a judo throw, and I and I was only 24 years old, and I had a, a career-ending injury in my neck. And but just being able to, you know, have the right people around you, and have that belief, like, just like you said, the intention, I'm gonna heal. Not maybe I'm gonna heal. Not I hope I heal. No, no, I am gonna heal. I mean, this is gonna get better. You know, and that's that intention and setting that intention with confidence. Like I said, confidence in that intention. I am going to heal. I am going to kill. And um, for the past five years, I've been dealing with a, a hip injury. And the hip is a, is a little different, you know. It just it was a little harder to work around because I, I love running mountains. Mm. And I had to work, I had to adapt, find other ways to get that that type of work in. I had to get on the bike, I had to get in the pool, I had to be at the yoga class. But sure enough, it's five years and my hip is starting to feel better. It wow. is getting better, you know, like, and, and I didn't go get the surgery and I didn't even get the MRI. And I didn't even want that MRI. I didn't want that MRI because I already know what they were going to say. You're going to get, you're gonna get that. We're going wow. to put you under the knife. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a real big believer in healing. And um, I think all fighters need to believe in their ability to heal because it's dangerous sport, man. And yeah. um, you got to take care of yourself. And sometimes taking care of yourself in combat sports means taking a break. And I've had five concussions throughout my career, three in training, two in a fight. And I had to step back after that and be like, Diego, no, you need to heal. Like, you can't go back to the gym. You can't be sparring. You need 
three months no contact. You need three months no alcohol consumption. You need to take care of yourself, you need to heal. And I think that I did a really good job at this. And I think there's a lot of other fighters out there who who didn't really just take the time to, to research the analytics of what makes you worse, what makes you better, and taking that time. Because when you're in the race to be a champion, you just want to just work more. You want to get back in the gym. You want to get, you know, if you lost your fight, you want to get back on the winning streak, you know, whatever it is, you know. And, and for me, I grew up at, at the Jackson Wink gym, which was always one of the just most competitive gyms ever. And so it was even just being the best in that gym was, was a, it was tough, man. We had Carlos Condit, we had GSP in there. We had, we had all the best guys, Rashad Evans, Keith Jardine. We were, we were, there was monsters in that room and, um, you know, they were all bigger than me. And, and I play a, I, I, I say that a big part of my success was training with those big guys, man. Mm. You know, training with those big guys, Keith Jardine, man. How'd I win the ultimate fighter so easy? That whole training camp for Kenny Florian, I couldn't walk. I had the broken leg. And so the only training I did for that whole fight, most people don't even know this, but this is how it went down. The whole training camp was only thing I would do every single day. I'd go into the gym. I'd get in Keith Jardine's guard. And I would try to ground and pound him. Mm. And, and he'd try to put me in submissions. And he was a bigger, he was bigger, stronger. So like for me to like, if, if, if he had his, his grips on my hands, if I was in his garden, he had his grips on me. Like it was, it was hard, man. Like that guy had a strong grip. And, and um, so when it, I got in there with Kenny Florian, it was like nothing, you know, like mm. that's all I did. I just got in his garden and tried to ground and pound Key Jardine the whole training camp because I had a broken leg. I couldn't even walk. Had to do it, had to come with a cane and put tape just regular athletic tape on the break every day and survived and healed. Is there a question or anything that you want to know about the history of Nutribolics in the last 20 years? Yeah. You know, my question about Nutribolics would be, what was the biggest challenge for Nutribolics to be a success. What was the, what was the thorn in your side? What was the, what was the hard part? You know, because nothing's easy. And obviously, you guys put a, a great blueprint for success and made made this brand what it is today. But I know that you guys had to have some hard times too. I, yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, the blueprint to success, I think, for us has been to be resilient. You know, no matter what happened, no matter how bad it got, we just kept pushing, we kept going, we kept believing. Like, you know, no would turn into maybe. Okay. And maybe would eventually turn into yes. All right. And there was like, n when we would think about making things happen, if, if we were thinking about it like, one of us would push it to make it bigger. You know, okay. like if I was talking to Rodney about an idea, he would want it to go on a bigger scale. You know, that's not big enough. We gotta, we gotta bring it up a notch. So we would always okay. shoot for the stars, you know? Okay. We would always like shoot for the, the, the top, you know, like. Shoot for the moon. Yeah, and you know what? Like, that's kind of like what's kept us both, you know, pushing the brand, right? Like, it's like most people, you know, when we had one big, huge celebrity, they'd be comfortable. But we never got comfortable, you know, comfort, is 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 something that you know i think brings down companies right or brings down athletes that are successful and they get comfortable and yeah. they get too comfortable and then that comfort ends up being their downfall yeah. you know and for us we were always so hungry you know i was always so hungry i remember people would work for me and i remember saying to some of the people that were struggling in sales and they'd be struggling and you know, kind of, I could hear one guy at the cooler talking to this other guy and he'd be saying, oh, you know, I'm having a hard time. I'd say, what time did you get up this morning? He said, oh, I don't know. I got up at like eight o'clock. I said, how are you getting up at eight and I'm getting up at five? How does that make sense? 
Tell me how that makes sense. Please, like explain it to me. How am I getting up at five and you're getting up at eight? And that hunger has stayed with us. Just that drive, you know, to keep going. No matter what, no matter how many people said no to me, it didn't matter. Like, I, honestly, I could hear a hundred no's. Like, it didn't matter. Like, I was, one of the things is, is that we always thought outside of the box, too. You know, I don't know if you knew, like, some of our stories, but, like, say that, let's just say, for example, that you were a retailer. Yeah. And you were not taking my calls, not taking my emails. Let's say you were a big retailer. Let's say you had hundreds of stores, right? You're thinking you're safe, right? Oh, you know what? I don't want to carry Nutribox. I'm just going to junk mail their email, press block on the phone, right? Yeah. But no, like for us, what we would do in a situation like that is I would make these lock boxes before the 9-11 thing. I would get these beautiful lock boxes made. Okay, and we had a ton of these lock boxes, and they were, and they'd have a little yellow sticky note on them, and it would say, "Call me when you want the key," and I would send these lock boxes out with no key to people, right? So imagine you're in your house, especially if you're a female, and you get this lock box with no key. Uh, At first, the female is going to think you're crazy, right? But three weeks goes by, she's got a lock box in her house with no key. Oh, you think about a female's brain? She's going to want to know what's in that box. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. So so we broke a lot of people down with these lock boxes. What? And if they didn't... The, locks, the lock box, that's what I needed to hear. That's the story. The lock box story. That's a good story, man. And let's say... That's, that's completely innovative. That's genius. Yeah. And if you didn't, for whatever reason, you held out for more than a month and you didn't call me... My next play, my next step, is I wasn't done there, right? We're going to send you a shitload of fucking balloons, okay? Every balloon is going to have my phone number and say, call me, okay? So you get this massive balloons to your house, yellow balloons with my phone number written on every single balloon. Oh, wow. We're breaking you down, bro. And if that doesn't work, if if we're still, if you're still somehow managed to hold me off and not break, just out of sheer, this guy's entertaining me, I'm going to give him a call, right? Mm-hmm. We'll go at you through your dog's Instagram, your cat's Instagram. Because the thing is, is that what people don't realize, a lot of people got closed through their pet's Instagram because these people that have huge followings, let's say, yeah. believe it or not, they have 100 people who follow their dog, but they check that dog Instagram account. Yeah. They do. <laughs> like, believe it or not, they may have 150 people who check their dogs, in, and I've wow. closed people through their cats or their dogs Instagram, where I've literally made contact and been like, hey, you like that lockbox? <laughs> and then we start the conversation. And yeah, so doing stuff like that, thinking outside the box, you know, and really, you know, not being so conformed to the way society is, you know, like we went out there and we made it happen no matter what. We're gonna take a quick commercial break because I got to tell you about this new company that is exploding in the men's below the waist grooming category and they're called Manscaped. This is the Performance Package 4.0 and what you get is you get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Super soft, you can get in there and have the cleanest shave with your balls with this. I've also got this Weed Whacker. It's the electric nose and hair trimmer. If you're gonna go out on a date, you gotta have your nose hairs looking fly, you gotta have your ear hairs looking fly, and that's why they've included this. Plus, after you've shaved your balls, you gotta have the crop preserver, the ball deodorant. And not only do you get a ball deodorant, you get a ball toner, the crop reviver, ball toner. Boom, right there. You wanna wash yourself off with this ultra premium body wash. Okay, I love this stuff, honestly. This is probably a game changer alone. I want to tell you about the men's boxer briefs from Manscaped that are also included. Look at these briefs. This is the whole package right here, okay? You're going to go to manscaped.com. You're going to type in the code PERFORM20. For a limited time, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You know, the, in, my, in my history, 
of hiring salespeople. You know, I'm very passionate about sales, but one of the things I would do every time someone would come in for a sales job, I, I wouldn't even look at their resume, but I would say to them, to their face, you are not gonna make it in this position. You cannot make, you wanna work for Nutribolics? And the only reason I said that is because I wanted them to you fight. You gotta have someone to say, I want them to tell me. I will make it in there. Yeah, I want them to tell me because I don't look at their resume, I look at their eyes. The eyes tell me everything. So if I can see in their eyes and I can see them fight for it, then I know they got what it takes. All right. Yeah, that That's was good. my, another thing for me, you know, I'll tell you one last thing is that, you know, for me, for us, when we were hiring, you know, and building Nutribolics, building the, 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 the infrastructure, you know, we had to really hire great people. You know, it's not just me and Rodney. There was a lot of great people that we had around us. And we had to find those great people. You know, you got to go through a ton of so-so people to find those diamonds, mm -hmm. right? But I remember this one story where I had this guy call my office about 40 times trying to get a hold of me, okay? He's calling my secretary. He's like, oh, sending me emails. By the 50th call, I said to my secretary, if this guy calls again, put him through. Okay. She looked at me like, what? I said, anybody who calls me 50 times, <laughs> get him on the phone. I want to hear what this guy's got yeah. to say, yeah. right? I, I, so I gets on the phone, and it just so happens that this guy was a discharged Marine. Okay. And I like that because Marines know work ethic. Oh, yeah. Right? And a Marine mm -hmm. is the highest level you can be. Yeah, so, damn, damn near crazy work ethic, yeah. right? So yeah. he told me he's a discharged Marine. He loves Nutribolics. He wants to come work with me. I said, you know what? You're hired. And not only that, I'm flying to LA and I'm going to let you run my US sales division. Wow. And I literally flew to LA to a trade show. True story. He took over and he was my best salesman in five years. Wow. He worked for me for five years and he just killed it. And That's that, awesome. because he reminded me of me. Yeah. That pit bull, that hardworking, not taking no. And that's why Nutribolics made it 20 years, to answer your question. Wow. We had that, we had that just sheer resilience of no, we're gonna make it. It doesn't matter, like we're gonna make it. It's just like like just like you said, like I'm gonna fight one on one, right? I'm used mm -hmm. to fighting four guys. Listen, when these guys, sales guys used to work for me, when you got all these huge celebrities working for you and you can't sell the products, bro, I couldn't afford color ink when I started. Wow. Okay, don't tell me you can't <laughs> sell these products. I used to use the same fax line as my phone line because I couldn't afford another phone line, wow. okay? I couldn't even afford to have these freaking products bottled, okay? We had to bring these products to my parents' house, blow dry the lids, put the freaking labels on by hand, Wow. okay? That's, and you talk to me about you can't sell these products when you got all these celebrities endorsing you and like you got a hundred flavors or whatever, like hundred skews. So we just had that, like, that we remember where we came from. We kept that desire, that drive, you know, because that's 20 years is a long time, right? Oh, like, yeah. you know, you got to be hungry. There's a lot of people out there who work hard. A lot but of people you don't be, make it 10 years. Yeah, mm -hmm. you got to be starving, you know? Mm -hmm. Like every day we would go in and we would be freaking starving. And I would call however many people I had to call that day and then some, you know, just pushing each other. And that's, I think, the story of what made us where we are today. And, you know, that resilience. And, I mean, you share that resilience in your stories. I mean, you have that same mentality where it's like you came from that same cloth just in a different way. You know, you used your ability to get where you are today and you believed in it and you used your mental mindset to just keep going. It didn't matter, you know. It didn't matter what the universe threw at you. You just kept going and pushing. And I think that's why we've gotten along and worked together and still work together over all these years. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, for sure. I learned that lesson in my sophomore year of high school. You know, it didn't take getting beat up by four guys on one day. It took getting beat in front of people on the wrestling mat every single time. 
And my sophomore year, I lost every single match the entire season, the entire year. I lost 18 in a row. 18 was the number. I'll never forget it. I lost 18 matches in a row. And I remember people just being like, why don't they just quit? You know, you just keep losing. But I kept getting tougher every time. I kept getting stronger every time. I didn't look at it like that. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't a quitter and I wasn't going to quit. And finally, in the state tournament, the last, 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 all the matches are over. It's just the state tournament. And um, I won two on the loser's bracket. I got my Letterman jacket. That was my goal. I just wanted to be cool and have a Letterman jacket, walk through the, 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 the halls at the school and be a part of something. And I only won two matches. But the next year, I came back. I made it to the semifinals. I didn't win it, but I made it to the semifinals. And the next year I came back, my senior year, my last chance. And I won it, and I won it for my team too. And we brought home a team title. We brought, I brought home the individual title. And against all odds, I, I refused. I said, no, I'm going to be a state champion. You know, like, and, and even that, e even when I was a sophomore, I was, I was still, I want to be a state champion. I, I believed and, and I had that faith. But even after 18 losses in a row, man, most people break. But I didn't break, man, and, uh, and I learned. And that's what drove me through my career in UFC. Even fighting BJ Penn in the world championship fight and losing. And coming back from that and being able to do another 10 years in UFC still consistent with the best, beating good guys, putting on great performances, you know, being able to do that, none of that would have been possible if I, I, I would have given up on my sophomore year. If I would have given up and said, nah, mom, I want to do um, a different sport. I'm not going to, I think I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try basketball mm. uh, or is wrestling ain't for me. Mm. But um, like you said, resilience, and I stuck to it. I kept with it, and um, it led me to my calling in um, mixed martial arts. And and the mixed martial arts career has been great because I've get to, I've gotten to inspire people, motivate people. That's the the thing that I'm most proud of is just you know these people come up to me sometimes and they're like, Diego, I watched that fight with you, and. And, and after that, I got the motivation to go to the gym the next day and, 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 and get in shape. And story after story after story, man. And, and so, you know, when I sign a, a poster or something, I sign a picture, I always just put a little message on there, you know. Never quit. You know, never quit. Never give up on yourself and, and believe. And that's been my method to success. And now here I am 40 years later, no, not 40 years later, four years young and um, still doing it, still chasing it. And um, at this point in my career, I've already done everything except for win the UFC championship. And all I want to do is go out there and show not the Diego Sanchez toughness, not the Diego Sanchez best conditioning in the game. I'm gonna, I wanna go out there and show pure skill and understanding for the concepts and the principles of mixed martial arts. To build my brand is Diego Sanchez Jiu-Jitsu, Diego Sanchez MMA, Diego Sanchez uh, legacy, my legacy, you know? Not, not, not anything else, but everything that I put into that sport, to my craft. Everything that I put in since since that fight at nine years old, when when they put those hits in me and and I walked home with a, with a red face and red eyes and crying, heartbroken. It's 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 that ability to not give up, to not quit, and to keep faith, man. Because you know, in life, gonna be a lot of things you don't understand. You know, we could try so hard, we could read all the books, we could talk to all the smartest people, but you still just aren't gonna understand some things. We live in a very mysterious universe. And so I tell people, believe man, believe in yourself, believe in your dream, believe in yourself and, and don't give up on yourself and don't quit. Mm.
Mm. You know, and that's been my my proof to success, and and uh, here I am, you know, at at forty, coming to the the window is closing on on how many more fights I can have. I, I'm aware of that I can't fight forever. I can't fight till I'm fifty. I could try, but I I I I would be much more happy just helping people and and being a being a teacher. And so, but while I'm still doing it, uh, uh, you know, I, I got to do it right. I got to capitalize on that window because it is my passion. It is my love. It is my art. It is my blessing. Mm -hmm. And when you know that, you know that your blessing doesn't last forever in, in, in one form, in one form, in the comp competition form, it has to, it has to expire because age, age is we're all going to get old, you know? And so it has to expire. And so while I still have it, I got to do it the best I can with smart, wise people around me. You know, like you said, like, you know, I got to, I got to have my, my coach that's going to be the right one. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The right one. And not necessarily all the right techniques that he knows. It might just be he knows how to support me right. You know, mm -hmm. how to motivate me right. How to be a good brother and not be like, oh, you're slacking, you're slacking. No, be like, hey, man, you know, we miss you. Like, get over here, man. We, we need you. We need you, too. You know, you need to be here. Or, or, or just, you know, take a different method. Like you, 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 you sent a lockbox. Maybe just show up at my house. You know what I mean? And knock on the door and be like, hey, let's go, bro. Let's go. It's time to train. You know, like, things change. And we all evolve and adapt as we get older and wiser and that's what i'm trying to do just evolve and adapt and leave my legacy you know leave my legacy and when i leave my legacy and it's done i just want to be able to just look back and smile be proud of myself you know and, yeah. hey you know i did it you know no regrets i i fought the best i gave it my all i overcame injuries and I inspired some people along the way, you know, made them better people. That was amazing, yeah. Listen, Diego, thank you so much, man. You've been amazing. We really appreciate you coming on Perform. And uh, yeah. Dude, super stoked about the book. I'm gonna get on it tonight, bro, dude. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's exciting, man. Oh, and man, it's, it's, good, it's good to know you, and it's good yeah. to um, know somebody that um, is willing to put the time and the energy into a book like that because that ain't a, you know that ain't about you and about you making money on that book i know that you might but that's about you really trying to help people man no it is you know from, yeah. from your heart you know from your heart and that's why you did it and that inspires me